With Fidelity Wealth Management, a dedicated advisor can work with you on a comprehensive plan to help you reach your wealth's full potential. Plus, you'll have access to specialists in estate planning strategies. So you're not just growing and protecting your wealth, you're sharing it. More at fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Thursday, June 9th, and we are here answering your financial questions, trying to help you make better decisions or maybe a different decision. Maybe we're just going to be here to help you understand what your options are. We're kind of open. It's what you want. So if you've got something going on financially, maybe it's a new job offer, Maybe it's a decision about investments. Maybe it's a decision about whether or not you want to go back to school for some reason. You know, something big, a big decision you want to make. And of course, the regular kinds of questions, retirement, are you on track, all that fun stuff. Anyway, all you need to do is go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button and write down what's going on. And if you're willing to come on the show, just check that box that says, hey, I'll come on the show with you. And Mark does everything else. And that's so great. Now, uh, we do like to get through some of these emails. So let's make this an email episode. Ready? Here we go. Mark says, not my Mark, (laughs) listener Mark says that, oh, I should say viewer because of the message. Hi, Jill. I watch CBS mornings every morning and I enjoy when you come on for the money section. Thank you very much. I am 60 years old and I just left a company and I was there for 35 years. Wow. They gave me a year of salary with a non-compete. I'm working part-time with full benefits and I'm making 35 grand a year. I'm putting all of my old salary into my brokerage account. I was making about $125,000 a year at my old job. And I wanted to see whether it makes sense to retire at 62. Now, I really don't want to go back to what I was doing. I understand that's hard to do. I was approached by a competitor to contact them when my non-compete is over. Hmm, Mark, what do you, I like that. I like a competitor who's getting a little bit like out there like, oh, I heard you left a little company. When's the non-compete over? Come on over here. That's pretty smart. In the 401k at Vanguard, 600 grand. $52,000 in a high yield savings account. No debt except a $147,000 mortgage on a house that's worth 350000 I have a partner who lives with me and she makes $80,000 a year. She also has no debt. We plan to get married next year. Oh, Mark, she's going to be turning 40 and he's 60. She has $80,000 in her 401k at work, $20,000 in savings. Okay. Now we also have the next piece of information. I have a friend that got laid off. He's 60 and he is living off 5% of his return in his retirement. Can I do the same? I mean, you shouldn't count on that. In a bull market, sure, you can do that. 
it's funny because uh, Mark writes that the lowest return has been 9%. It's been as high as 21%. And so therefore, can I just do 5%? What about the years when we lose money? It's not a great game plan. But if I were you and you know, you're paying your bills, let's just say, Mark, if he's making 35 and she's making 80 and together they can pay their bills, then keep doing it, right? You don't have to go take the big job anymore. I, he didn't mention how much he spends. Also, $600,000 in a Vanguard account and it's a 401k. So it's not 600. It's really like 400 because you haven't paid tax on it yet, right? So I think this is not a great game plan. I have to say. So no to retirement at age 62 for you. But I think if you have different ideas, I'm happy to talk to you. I think that we should get, don't you want to talk to this guy? I want to hear more about like what's really going on. If you would come on, we certainly would be happy to chat with you more. Okay. Hi, Jill and Mark, longtime listener since back in the days when you used to be on the 404 podcast. Hmm. That was a good time. I've been thinking about how my funds within my retirement accounts are allocated and what kind of strategy makes sense for where to put what. Okay. So this is Nolan, who is 43 and engaged. They keep their finances separate. No kids, no plans to have them. We own our home free and clear. We've got no other debt. Here's what they got. Retirement. He's got, I'm sorry, uh, retirement assets. $222,000, 401k traditional. 16 Roth IRA, 11 Roth IRA, 6,500 in a rollover IRA. Okay. Non-retirement account, small investment account, 2,600 and a $20,000 cash reserve. So far, so good, right, Mark? Feeling good about this guy. All of my holdings are in low-cost index funds. Allocations about 67% stock, 33% bonds. I'm wondering how I should be allocating these investments among tax deferred and after tax. Seems like I could be putting the highest risk stock positions into the Roth accounts since that would likely be the last money I would touch. Then again, it would also seem like if I loaded up my traditional 401k with a heavier bond weight, I'd be limiting the growth on the largest chunk of money. You know, there's this Roth 401k money, there's a Roth IRA. All right, so let's do a couple of things. First of all, I don't know exactly what you're doing and how you're contributing. I bet that you used to contribute to the traditional 401k. Maybe now you're doing the Roth. It's held at the principal, which is just a lousy insurance product that is not going to be so good. I was going to say to move everything in and consolidate, but it doesn't really make sense. I don't know. You can put your bonds wherever you want them. You can keep it the same. It's like, it's not going to be a big enough difference. It's just not. The second question is uh, I make $100,000 with a bonus, can be up to 15%, comes in more like 8 to 10%. Since last year, the company's 401k provider has given us the option of doing an in-account conversion into the Roth 401k. Is this something I should consider doing? Yes, absolutely. The only thing is you, when you do an in-service transfer, you still have to pay the tax, right, Mark? I mean, I would be trying to do this maybe a little bit at a time, don't sop up every bit of your savings, but yeah, we do a little bit at a time for sure. And I would be using the Roth 401k going forward because if you're making a hundred grand, I mean, especially now, I don't know how much your um, fiance makes, but I would, I would be in all Roth all the time kind of environment. I wouldn't max out my traditional. I'd max out my Roth. That's how I would go. Your hundred grand. I don't know how much your wife's going to make, but you're going to be so happy to have this Roth money when you, everyone's going to look back and say, why didn't I do all Roth? Like Mark said, Nick writes, um, I'm 46. I'm married household income, $110,000. 
we have about $450,000 in retirement accounts, and we put about $20,000 in retirement accounts accounts every year. We have $400,000 in a savings account, Mark, and $288,000 left on a three and a quarter percent mortgage, which will be paid off in 21 years. Okay. Now, this is interesting. The home value is 600000 Should I make principal payments? Should I invest some of the four hundred? If if so, in what? Not sure what I should do with the four hundred grand. I know I'm being overly cautious. Thank you for your help. Okay, Nick. Of course, we would like you to have an investment account, a non-retirement investment account. Where is your retirement ha- account held? Maybe you could open up an account there. Maybe it's like a Vanguard or Fidelity or T. Rowe Price or Charles Schwab. It would be really great if we could get some of that money. But we'd love to he- talk to you a little bit because I'm, I mean, there's clearly some reason that you have four hundred thousand dollars that's safe because maybe you know you say you're overly cautious, but. I need to know more about talking about how much we'd want you to put into that account. If the question is, should I leave 400 grand in cash, even though I really only need 50 or 80,000, or should I put some money down on my mortgage? Well, you know, if those are my choices, a savings account or a mortgage, yeah, I pay down the mortgage, but I really don't think that it's necessarily worth it for you to like lose all that precious liquidity to give you solace. So maybe we can make you feel more comfortable about your position and what's going on that would then allow you to give yourself permission to invest some of that money. So follow up with us. I need to know more about you. Here, is this like the mortgage payoff episode, Mark? Uh, Mary, 68 years old, retired, receives monthly payments from pension and social security, and they allow Mary to live comfortably. She writes, I have a 457 and a Roth, which is currently worth close to $1 million and another account with a financial group, which is worth $180,000. I have a mortgage on my house with a balance of $160,000. I refinanced a year ago at 2.5%, 2.5%, oh my God, for 12 years. Now, as it stands, I'll be 78 when it's paid off. My question should I draw down the money out of my 457 to pay off my house? I hate having a house payment. I would love to eliminate this bill. However, I don't want to do something I would regret doing in the future. Oh, I guess there's a couple things. You said you have a, a 457 and a Roth close to a million. What's this other account with the financial group? You know, is that a taxable account? Could you take some of that money and throw it at your mortgage? I mean, yeah, you could. I wouldn't. It's two and a half percent. Yeah. And you did just refinance. You paid the fees. It's just not smart. Like, you know, we, and and also I certainly wouldn't do it in a 457. You have to pay the tax that's due. So, you know, in most cases, gang, you're writing in, you're asking about the mortgage question. You know the answer to it. You know the answer to your mortgage question before you write us. Now, if you've got tons and tons of cash sitting around, right, and you, you're you paying only principal, you don't even have any interest deduction left on your home mortgage, all right, fine. You want to get rid of it. But it is hard to justify using up liquidity, you know, nice available cash, already been taxed. And socking it down on a two and a half or three percent loan, it's hard to make that choice. And I don't think I would. So 
I think in general, when you're considering this, we're happy to run through your scenario with you. But man, gang, fall in love with the liquidity. Don't fall in love with your mortgage being paid off. That mortgage will get paid off. And then something happens five or seven years from now. You say, damn, I wish I had that money back from that mortgage pay down. Or not. Maybe you got a boatloads of money. It won't matter. But either way, let us know if you're considering that. We'd love to hear from you. Just go to JillOnMoney.com, click the Contact Us button. And of course, while you're on the site, check out all the super content that we have put together. There are the podcasts. See, it's plural. Jill on Money and I on Money. There's the blog, radio show, video, resources, all there for you. Co-created and maintained by Mark Talercio, the very best executive producer in the world. So uh, we hope that you check it out. And of course, just bookmark it. You always can go back. It's so easy. Lift someone up today. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.